the title will be Cast Away. The hope of the cast away, or casting away is the hope for those that cast away. Uh, let's go to Psalm 55, please. Psalm 55. I feel there's that much in this that um, I spent a, two whole days in this message just thinking about it and pondering over it, writing it, praying about it, and spent two days and a bit actually over it. And by the way, this evening, his face, I spent a day and a half on it as well. Um, plenty of time to write this week. Thankfully, I was able to spend a lot of time more in, the, in my study than recently. Um, and tonight, his face is something that I would ask you to come out and even bring your notebook, your notebook and pen with you. You might need it tonight because we're going to look at something completely different than you might think it means tonight. Psalm 55, please, and we're going to lift one verse, but keep your Bible open at this psalm. And it's verse 22. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Let us pray. Father, we ask you that you would settle us in our minds, in our hearts, in our seats. And we pray, O oh God, that you would use this man of clay lips to rightly divide this word, to encourage your people or to instruct them. Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would take your own divine word May thy spirit wing it to every heart this morning. And Lord, would you speak to us as you deem fit to do so. Remember those who are ill and at home. Thinking of Glenn this morning. and We're thinking of Jill this morning. We're thinking of Jimmy this morning. We're, we're thinking of, of, of Frida and Stephen, Lord. And we pray that, Lord, that you would bless Stephen in that hospital. And, Lord, that you would meet them all at the point of their need. And for all those who are away, maybe on a holiday, Lord, we pray that you would refresh them and bring them back. Lord, refreshed for your glory. So, Father, we pray that you would now, Lord, take your word and do with it what you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And by the way, our, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, as I mentioned there, has taken a stroke. And he's in the hospital at the minute. Frida just let me know. Um, I haven't really got speaking to her because it was by text. And I says, look, I'll be in touch with you, so pray. Let's pray for him. Father, we pray for Stephen in that hospital, Lord, taking that stroke. And we pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, minister to him there and meet him at the point of his need. We pray for Frida that you'd strengthen her and bless her after all she's been through recently. We ask you, O God, that they might know your healing hand and your healing touch. Father, would you draw near to him? And Lord, would you, Lord, work whatever it is in his brain that, Lord, has caused him to be paralyzed on the right side. We pray, Lord, that it will come back to full strength in Jesus' name. There would be no lasting damage. And, O God, would you even surprise the medical's profession there, Lord, at his recovery. And, Lord, we ask you, Lord, that you would strengthen him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. The week uh, before the week passed, coming right into the early Monday, Tuesday of the last week, this word cast, cast or casting, kept coming up to me. I was reading different things, and I was reading on social media as well, and people kept using casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And it just been cast, cast everywhere. It just kept popping up to me. And then Psalm 55 and verse 22 came to my mind. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. And it was a word for myself where there was burdens and you're trying to spin so many plates and you're trying to carry so many things and you know there it seems like sometimes you're two steps forward and you're one step back and you have to press on brother you have to press on sister it's difficult and it can be trying at times but this cast your burden so can cast your burden upon the lord and he shall sustain thee and if you put your name in there this is why and this came to me to write it for us to cast. And, and the word cast, I want to look at it first of all. It's very important. I think we know what it means, but let's just uh, look at other one or two places where the word is used. And it, 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 it sort of, if you want, it magnifies the meaning of the word for you and I this morning. For example, the word cast is the word shalach. And it simply means to throw, to fling. To hurl. Now you and I know what that means. To throw. To fling. Or to hurl. So cast thy burden. Upon the Lord. Throw it. Fling it. Hurl it. Upon the Lord. Now your burden. Might be different than my burden. And. Someone else's burden. Might be different than yours. And vice versa. Last Sunday evening. I was here early and I went out and it was dry it wasn't like this morning and I went over the, this side of the car park where the grass was being cut around this way and I was there just talking to the Lord and I just felt the weight of a few burdens at the time and Willie Steele came walking up and I just happened to be walking around and walking towards the tent and he, I says hello Willie and he says there's a man he says that looks like he's burdened and I suppose I didn't mean to put that persona on. I must have been thinking about it. Well, I was thinking about it a lot. But a lot of people, a lot of things, a lot of in my head. And I was going to preach and I was saying, Lord, I need this cleared so as I can lay hold on the word. And I was praying about it outside and people were gathering in. And I, I came in and the Lord did strengthen. The Lord did help. And this was on coming to me all the time. To throw, to fling, to hurl. What's your burden this morning? What is your burden this morning? Sometimes people have a religious burden and it doesn't save them, but they think, I was talking to someone else this morning about that, about religious burdens where it's not the burden of the Lord, which is a spiritual one. But what's your burden this morning? Your burden might be something, someone, your burden might be a religious thing. It might be a mental thing, a physical thing, an illness. A burden that you've carried, a, 
a burden that you've struggled with. This morning, the, the, the anxiety that it brings, the trouble, the worry, the stress that it brings, speaking to me, but I believe it's for all of you. Cast it on the Lord. Fling it. Hurl it. Notice, throw it upon the Lord. In Genesis 37, read it when you go home. We haven't time to delve into all of this, but in Genesis 37, we have the story of Joseph and his brothers, and he tells his brothers about his dream. And of course, he's already uh, he's already the target because he has a, a coat given to him, multicolored coat, and that multicolored coat it was from his father, of course, showing a wee bit of favoritism. And his brothers were already upset at him. So when he comes and gives this uh, dream that he saw these stars and 11 stars and the moon and the sun were, would, would bow down before his star, they were angry about it. They were upset about it and annoyed. And they put him in the pit. Isn't that right? Well, take note here of the word in Genesis 37 and in verse 24 Let me read it to you. It says, and they took him, that is Joseph, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. So they cast him into an old dry pit. And this is what the, the same word is. They threw him in. They flung him or hurled him. They just didn't let him down gently. They turfed him in, as we would say threw him right into the pit and they left him there. This is the point I want you to get. Now Joseph, this is in the opposite, this is in the reverse because Joseph was the good and they were doing evil but God was bringing good out of it. Take note of this. When they cast Joseph into the pit they didn't go back for him. They didn't go back for Joseph when they cast him, flung him, hurled him into the pit. But many of us, when we cast our burdens at that moment upon the Lord, when we cast our burdens at that moment upon God, and we, we say, oh, we're so much relieved and better for the, the Lord has taken my burdens, and we, we say we'll leave it there, but how many of us walk away from that place of prayer? How many of us walk away, and when we do walk away, how many of us bring it again with us? I want you to get the point, and I know the rain's bouncing off the tent. How many of us cast it on the Lord in prayer, in time of reading and praying, and, and, and we feel the better, we sense that we have unburdened ourselves before God, but by the time we're either in the next room or we're up the street a bit or an hour later, or even a day later, and we try and stay in that place where the burden is with the Lord, Many of us go back to the pit where Joseph was to lift them back out again. How many of us go and say, well, you know what? We'll go and get the Joseph of the burden. Now, we know Joseph was in the right here, so we're doing it in the reverse. But how many of us, his brothers didn't come back to get him? His brothers didn't say, let's go back and lift Joseph up out of this pit. 
his brothers didn't say we'll go back and we'll take him the whole way with us you know because it's our burden after all boys are there So let's turn to Genesis 6 and we'll talk about Noah and his ark. I remember there was a guy, his nickname was Bootsy. Bootsy was a rough character, you know, and he got saved and he had bullets in all his legs, still in his leg from being shot. He used to feel the bullets in all his leg. He was a wild character. And he lived in a house in Mount Vernon, in the Shore Road. And he was telling me that he was walking in and out of his house all the time with these lengths of pain. Pained up like this, walking with lengths of pain in and out of his house. And he was doing it apparently for a long time. And if you went to Bootsy's house, every wall around and the ceilings were all painted. It was like living in a wooden box. Everywhere, for some reason, he panged everything. And one day he's walking in with this load of pine wood, and his, and his neighbour comes out and says, Bootsy, you've been walking in and out of here with pain all the time. I've seen you walking in and out. What on earth are you doing with all of that pain? And Bootsy, with his big, scurry eyes and his deep voice, turned around to him and he went, I'm building an ark. I'm building an ark. He was a character. Just talking to that passes over. I don't think it's going to. I think we need to build an ark a day like that. When we get our building, we'll not need to worry about the rain bouncing off the roof. Joseph's brothers left him in the pit and walked away from him. They cast him into the pit. And we take our burdens to the Lord. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. We cast our burdens on the Lord. And what happens? Sometimes by the time we turn our back to walk away from a place of prayer, we're all ready to bring them back again with us. And the, the whole stress starts all over again. So it's like, we believe you. But maybe I don't enough to leave it there. When they cast Joseph into the pit... They didn't go back for him. And listen to this. They didn't leave supplies for him that he might survive. They didn't leave supplies for Joseph either. They were thinking Joseph will die here until they had a further discussion then to sell him on. But they thought if we leave him here he'll die. No supplies to keep him alive. And yet, how many of us say we cast our burdens upon the Lord and we leave our burdens supplies that we don't burn our bridges and our boats just in case we wear our braces and our belt? Just in case. There's always that little way to back off or go back. Brothers and sisters, cast your burdens upon the Lord and leave them there. Leave them there.
Don't bring them again with you. I know it's difficult. We all struggle with that. Don't bring them with you. Leave your burdens with them. And he will sustain thee. You don't need the supplies of that burden. God does the sustaining. He does your sustaining. Listen, maybe it's someone or something in your life. Whatever this burden is, there it is. I thought about this and I called it the monster. It's like a monster to you. Especially when you're young. So easily to be frightened or put off or concerned or anxious or afraid of it. But listen, don't bring it back with you. Don't feed your fears or your anxieties. Don't lift them up and carry them. Cast your burden. Fling it. Throw it. Hurl it upon the Lord. Take note of this. Here's what I've written. Remember, brother, remember, sister. If you create a monster, you're going to have to keep feeding it. If you create a monster, you're going to have to keep on feeding it. And if this burden of yours becomes the monster, you keep feeding it. Starve it to death. Don't give it your air time. Don't give it the thinking of your mind. Don't give it headroom. But rather, cast it upon the Lord. Fling it. Hurt it. Throw it upon him. And don't take it back. The psalmist says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Notice, first of all, there's a burden. And we can all have a burden. We can all have many burdens. Secondly, there's a duty. A D-U-T-Y, a duty. And it's your duty to cast it. The Lord says, I'm here to take it. You must believe in me. It's your duty to cast it upon the Lord. The Lord's there for you to fling it, hurl it, throw it, cast it upon him. It's your duty. And thirdly, there's a promise. The promise is, and he shall sustain thee. So here's your burden. Your duty is to cast it on him and leave it there. Don't feed it. Don't bring it back with you. Don't carry it. Because who gets tired? You or your burden? And sometimes your burden can be you're annoyed at someone. Or even you're bitter at someone. Listen, you know what bitterness is like? I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Bitterness is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Bitterness is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Cast it all out. Throw it upon the Lord and leave it with him. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, please. Matthew 11. I have so much different avenues and venues to take you on this. Uh, God willing and God sparing, we next Lord's Day morning we'll do another morning on it. 
Matthew 11 verse 28 please. The words of the Saviour himself. Listen. Come unto me. All ye that labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden. My burden, he says, is light. The term here for labor, L-A-B-O-U-R, is the word kopi-a-o. Kopi-a-o. And it means exhausted, greatly fatigued. He ever feels just exhausted. I'm talking about exhausted. You might even feel fit enough in your body, but you might just feel exhausted in your mind, in your spirit. Come unto me, all you that labor. It means you're laboring, you're exhausted with life, even you're exhausted carrying a burden, a religious burden. We'll look at it in a second, uh, or, or whatever burden it may be. The monster's on your back. And the more you feed it, the more it grows. The more you feed it, the more it grows. I have learned through 20 plus years of ministry that there are monsters that come and monsters that go. Different burdens, different cares, different worries, different anxieties, different struggles from different avenues, different things, from different people. And and those, sometimes you nurse them and feed them more than other times. And then we get to a point where we realize we can't carry this anymore because it's too heavy. So heavy. And you labor and you become exhausted and you're fatigued by it. So this word labor, kopeao, means to be exhausted and greatly fatigued. In Luke chapter 5, we have the disciples who are out fishing all night. And the Savior comes along and in verse 5, listen to what they say to him. Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Master, we have toiled all the night and we have taken nothing. Or, we have been fishing here, rowing. The boat's bobbing about and they're casting nets and pulling them in and casting them out all night. And they are... Exhausted. It's the same word, kopiao. We have been exhausted with this toil all night. We are highly fatigued. This is the morning time. All night, awake, struggling, casting, bringing in, catching nothing. How many of us have been up in toil and struggle all night? All night long and caught nothing. I have. 
many a night. I've been toiling, exhausted, fatigued, wearied, all of it. In other words, you're up and you're tussling about in your bed and you're concerned about this or that or the other, about the bills or, or, or your employment or someone or some people or something or whatever, and you're exhausted with it. It's the same word that these disciples used. The disciples said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have caught nothing. But the difference is when Christ steps into it, now they're toiling, that they've caught nothing with. They see how futile it is. But when Christ comes, it's Christ who changes things and makes the difference. One more example of this in John 4. We have the Lord Jesus must needs go through Samaria. We know the story meets the woman at the well. But notice what it says about the Lord Jesus Christ. John 4 verse 6 says, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey sat thus on the well. Jesus, therefore, being wearied, kopeao, it's the same word, it's the same word for labor. Come on to me, all you who labor. We have toiled all night. Jesus himself was wearied. And he sat on a well. Think about this now. The Savior was wearied. The Savior was exhausted. The Savior was so tired and exhausted that he himself was greatly burdened with his walk. With the sun beating on him. You see, he's a he's fully man. He's flesh and blood like you and I. He was, he, when he was on the cross, the blood in his veins flowed out. Blood like you and I would bleed, only his blood is pure and holy and righteous and true. And he's weary. The Savior himself is exhausted. He sits by the well and asks someone, no one wants to know really give me some water to drink what a Christ what a saviour what a wonder what a lord he himself was wearied this made me think of this early this morning and I hadn't written it down, so a lot of the scriptures I write down for time's sake to try and speed things up. So, But in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews 4, it says in verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, that's his ascension in the glory, passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. 
In other words, but no matter the struggle, brothers and sisters, no matter the pain of it, hold fast the profession that Christ died and was buried and has risen again, has ascended into heaven, is glorified, and he's our great high priest. He's at the right hand of the Father. And now he's praying for you. What's he doing? He's praying for you. What's he doing? He's praying for you. He's praying for me. The one who was weary. Take note. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest. Which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin. In other words. Jesus was weary and he sat thus on the well. When the nails were driven into his hands and his feet, he felt pain just like you would feel it. Think about this now. You think about it if you... The pain in the... If someone took you and put your hand against the wooden beam or your wrist and they they took a, a wrought iron square peg and put it into your wrist and started blattering it hard and hammering it with a with a heavy hammer right through to pin you to the wood and then take your fiery ankle bones or your ankles, pardon me, and go through usually maybe the Achilles here or else the front of your feet. Wherever way he was crucified, think of the pain of that. The agony of it. Think about it when he was hanging and, and his arms were dropping, he couldn't get a breath. It's what happens. You you can't breathe. Your diaphragm moves right up in towards your lungs and you're you're gasping for a breath. And he would have had to pull himself up to get a breath. And even worse, he can't breathe out again. And carbon dioxide builds up on the victim, as it were, who's crucified, the person. Christ came willingly to, to be crucified. Please don't get me wrong. The one who's crucified, he's in agony. Just like you would be. He's hurting just like you would. Think of the excruciating pain of him. He was tempted. Did you know that? It says here he was tempted. Satan tempted him. Just like you're tempted. Some things you overcome and some things you don't. We're all the same. But he was tempted. But he was yet without sin. He didn't sin once. Not once. So, as a man, as a a flesh and blood man, as a human being, who feels what you feel and what I feel, the pain and the agonies that you would feel, the trials and the temptations that were on him. As a man, he understands me. As a human being, he understands you. But Lord, I'm going through this. This burden on me is too heavy. Just I understand what you're going through. I understand the burden. I understand the weight. I understand it. 
cast it on me. Leave it here. I can carry it. I can carry it. As a man, he understands me. And as God, he knows all about me. He knows all about you. And he understands what it's like to be tempted and tried and vilified. He knows what it's like to feel physical pain. I'll tell you what he's felt and went through that none of us have. Two things. One is the wrath of the Father. He took the wrath of his Father. On the cross, he took the wrath of his Father because it should have been the wrath on us. And he took it. Secondly, he's went through the valley of the shadow of death right into death. He was dead. And he rose the third day again. So he's further down the road than you and I, brothers and sisters. He's further up the road than you and I. In the sense that he has even tasted of these things that you and I haven't. My burden is too heavy. My burden I can't carry. My burden is wearing me down. I'm weary with it. Come unto me, all ye who labor. If you're exhausted, why are you carrying it? And heavy laden. Well, why are you carrying it? I'll give you rest. Cast your burden, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. You know, there's quite a number of times, and I'm guilty, I put two hands up to this, quite a number of times the burden of the church would come on me. You're trying to encourage this one and you're trying to chase up this one, you're trying to keep in contact with that one and you're doing your best that you can and move after a while, you're spiritually, you're like, Because you're a human, you have your own life, your own family, you know. It's tired, weary. I remember a few times I've said, and I have said this, and this is the Lord knows I'm telling him, telling you the truth. I've said the, the Lord a, a number of times. Lord, I can't carry this anymore. And all I can ever hear back is, I never asked you to. I never asked you to. What is it that you carry? And the Lord never asked you to do it. But you've took it on. What burden is it you carry? And the Lord says, come on to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And yet you still carry your burden. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He'll not suffer the righteous to be moved. In other words, he'll keep you strong and keep you going and keep you on the right path. He'll keep you. I'm going to round this up this morning because time's gone. I'm ministering to myself this morning, by the way. The Lord ministered to me while I was writing this. 
during the week, but I'm ministering to myself this morning. I hope it's ministering to you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Here's what I've written in between two. I read the scriptures in red. I read everything in red with scripture. And in between two lines of red, the vacant space of root, what sweetness in a time of bitterness. What sweetness in a time of bitterness. Come unto me. When the pastor can't, when the elders can't, when the oversight can't, when your loved ones can't, you, they don't even understand it. When nobody can knows the expression of what you're carrying or how you're carrying it or the exhaustion of it. When none can't, but yet the voice of the Lord says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What sweetness! In a time of bitterness. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am weak and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters. This invitation is unthinkable to come from the mouth of any other man. I'm going to say it again. This invitation is unthinkable to come from the mouth of any other man. Or anyone else. But he who is God. I can help you. I can try and encourage you. But I can't keep you. I can't keep you. I do my best to help you, encourage you. But I can't carry you. But he can't. It's all about him. He's the burden bearer. Come on to me means don't go to Moses. What do you mean don't go to Moses? The man of the law. See if we stay in the in the law, it shows us that we're sinners, but Jesus says, Well come to me then. John one and seventeen says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Take note, brothers and sisters, pride may stop a man, a woman. Pride may stop someone from seeking God. Pride may cause a man to think of himself weak because he does seek God. And pride, pride may ruin the believing. Pardon me, pride may ruin a man or a woman in believing that he or she can own their own burden and be the source of their own strength because it will wear you out. People will wear you out. Things in life will wear you out. Whatever it is, that monster will wear you out. I think I'll stop there this morning. But in Psalm 55, Psalm 55, 
the psalmist is crying unto the Lord for God to give ear to his, to his cries, to attend unto him and hear him. And why? Verse 3. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. They cast iniquity. Notice, they cast iniquity upon me. In other words, they're coming to do me harm, to do me wrong. The voice of the enemy. Listen, why are you afraid of the voice of the enemy? Do you know, believer, that you're under the blood and the enemy can't go any further than your father allows him? And the voice of the enemy will tell you you're, you're not forgiven. The voice of the enemy will tell you that you're never going to make it. The voice of the enemy will tell you, well, you know what? You're going to take sick and die. Is that all you hear? So, I knew the Lord. I knew the, I knew the Lord speaking to hearts this morning. The voice of the enemy will tear you down. The voice of the enemy will be a burden itself in you. But the voice of the enemy is a lie. It's a lie. Your strength isn't in yourself. Your strength is in the Lord. Cast it. The burden, cast it. He'll sustain you. The oppression of the wicked I want to say this and I really don't want to offend with this because of the oppression of the wicked for they cast iniquity upon me and wrath they hate me listen see the sooner that you learn that you can't please everybody all the time your life will get better When someone's always in a gripe, the problem isn't with you, it's with them. It's with them. But you keep yourself sweet before God. The oppression of the enemy. You hear it? The oppression of the enemy. You read that chapter, that psalm, and you go home. You know what he says? I wish I could just get up and fly away. Whoever feels like jumping out of their skin and running away and leaving themselves. I do. Right, Ken, you stand there, look like yourself, and I'm out of here. Sure you do. The oppression of the enemy, the voice of the wicked, pardon me, and the voice of the enemy will tear you down, will wind you up, will cause you to have sleepless nights, will cause you to get sick with worry and stress and anxiety, will have fears, problems. You'll have a burden, a monster to carry. Do you hear me? You're going to have a monster to carry. And the monster you're feeding it, the more you listen to the enemy's voice, the more the oppression. Notice, hear the word oppression. They want to oppress you. The person, the people, the thing, whatever it may be, it's oppressing you. The enemy's speaking to you. You're never going to get better. You're never going to get over this. Or you're feeling depressed and you go, you're going to be like this forever. Listen, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Notice, if you cast it, you are getting better. You are going to do better. You're not staying where you are. 
You're passing through Baca, the Valley of Baca, which is the Valley of Tears maybe, but you're going to be better. You're going to do better when you cast your burden on the Lord. Don't feed the monster. Don't feed it. And definitely don't take it back and with you. Say, Lord, I'm leaving it. And when the enemy comes, goes, go get back and get the monster out of that pit there. Go on. Go back and get the monster. Don't feed it. Say, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. May God bless you this morning. May God bless his word to all of our hearts.